Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 3 how there are two seeds, the seed of the devil and the seed of God, and how Cain knew God's way by sacrifice and shedding of blood through his parents, Adam and Eve. Now, this message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, we also have two great resources that are available this month for a donation of $10 or more. How would you learn the true meaning of Christmas? A great gift to give out to your lost Gentile or Jewish friends at Christmas time or Hanukkah time. And also by Tom Cantor, How Would You Learn the True Meaning of Christmas? His life story in great detail. It's two wonderful booklets, great teaching, and great gospel tools and tracks that you can use by our Bible teacher and Jewish born-again believer, Tom Cantor. How Would You Learn the True Meaning of Christmas? And how a Jew came to know and put his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. $10 or more donation will get you these two resources sent to you. 800-247-3051. Call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. And if you have a lost Jewish friend or know an Israeli that's working in the U.S. malls during the Christmas time this year, we've got a free gospel gift for you to give to them from Tom Cantor. Call us, 800-247-3051. Now, here's Tom Cantor. Let's uh, begin in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for being our instructing Father. Thank you, Lord, for being our God who guides us in this life all the way through death into glory. And you guide us by your eye. So this morning, Lord, as we open up your word, we pray that the eye of God would guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you turn in your Bible here to Genesis 4, and uh, I'm going to follow along and start at verse, uh, verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, and Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's bloods crieth unto me from the ground, and now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tellest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon him, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he built a city, and called the city after the name of his son Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Ered, and Ered begat Mahujiel, and Mahujiel begat Methusiel, and Methusiel begat Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives, the name of the one was Ada, the name of the Azilla, and Ada bare Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and in iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naama. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada, 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 and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech shall seventy and sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, called his name Seth. 
For God said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also, there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. And then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. All right, now, come into this area here, and also the next chapter, chapter 5. And the guide verse that helps us as we move our way through these two chapters is back in Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity, God said, between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. That's a very important guide verse for us. Good one to memorize also. Because what we've learned so far from this verse and what we've seen in the history of the first family and what we will see as this chapter and the next chapter just opens up to us in the beginning of the history of man from this verse is that there are two truths. Two truths that are here. Now, first truth, there are two seeds. Two seeds. One is called the seed of the serpent. Now, I just want you to picture if we had a line just down here, down the middle of this aisleway right now, and there's the way to see the two seeds. And picture this, that over on this side of the line, that's God. That's where God is. And on this side, that's where the devil is. And on this side, that's the devil. That's rebellion against God. So man starts out on the side over here before the fall. He's in obedience to God. And on God's side over here, man says something like this. I'm with God. I obey God. I do the works of my Father. Therefore, I am the seed of God. Okay, you got it? He says, I am with God. I obey God. And I do the works of my Father. Therefore, I am the seed of my Father God. Okay? But in Genesis 3, we got the fall of man. So what happened to the fall of man? The serpent succeeded in causing man, who's over here, to cross over that line. And when he crossed over that line, he stepped over the line. And when he stepped over the line, he stepped onto the devil's side. And now man says, I'm not with God. I'm in, I disobey God. I'm in rebellion against God. I do the works of my new father, the devil. Therefore, I'm the seed of the devil. See? Now, that's the state of fallen man. Every man that's born into the world is now on this side. Because our first parents stepped over the line. Right? So they were here and the devil got them, and they agreed, and they stepped over the line. And now they're in this new seed over there on the devil's side. Okay, so over here, they lost generation. They're unregenerate. Over here, they became disobedient. They became a rebel against God, and they're just lost. That's the way you describe them, lost. And we call this the seed of the unregenerate. We call this the seed of the lost over on this side. We call them the sons and, de- sons and daughters of the devil. Right over here, the seed of the devil. That's the first seed referred to in Genesis 3.15. The seed of the devil. But what we saw in Genesis 3, that as soon as Adam and Eve stepped over the line, okay, as soon as they did that, what happened was, and this was the wonderful thing, is that God made a way. That's good news. That's great news. Do you know that song, the little kids, you know, good news? Good news, sing it with me. Good news, good news, Christ died for me. Good news, good news, I'm saved eternally. Good news, good news, if I believe, that's wonderful. Extra, 
you know that part? Good news. All right. That's good news. God made a way. God made a way for Adam and Eve to step back over the line. That's what he did in Genesis 3. He made a way to step back over the line. He made a way for them to, in repentance, step back over the line. He made a way for them to fall on his mercy and be regenerated and be saved. That's what God did. And the way that he made was a way of sacrifice. It was a way of the shedding of blood. It involved the shedding of blood. It involved sacrifice. And we saw Adam and Eve take advantage of that way that God had made. And you remember that. When in repentance they took off, or they allowed to have taken off, their self-made aprons of fig leaves. And as it fell to the ground, they said, yeah, that was a stupid idea. Yeah, that really was a bad idea. As they put on God-made skins, and those skins came from sacrificed animals, and those sacrificed animals involved the shedding of blood. So when Adam and Eve stepped back over the line, then they became what is referred to in Genesis 3.15 as the seed of the woman, referring to Eve, because Eve stepped back over the line. Eve became regenerated. Eve became saved. And that's the seed of God. The seed of God is characterized by those who step back over the line, over to God's side. And so when they did that, back there they can now say, Adam and Eve can say, we are again back with God. We now obey God. We do the works of the Father. Therefore, we are the seed of God. Okay? And those who are the seed of God are characterized by their decision. By their decision because it was up to them. Are you going to step back over the line? Will you do that? That's how they're characterized, by that decision. They have repented and they have decided to take advantage of the way God made through the sacrifice and the shedding of blood to step back over. That's exactly what a person does today who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. He repents of his sin and he crosses over the line to God in repentance and he comes the way of the sacrifice. He comes the way of the shedding of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's way. But he must make that decision. And he's characterized by that decision. He must. You know, there was an interesting thing that happened. There was a three-story apartment building back east caught on fire. And there were balconies on the third floor. And smoke was just billowing out of these balconies up there on the third floor. So four firemen had assembled down below. And they put together the ring and the net in the middle of the ring. They were trained for this. They had rehearsed this. They had done it before. They were confident in what they were doing. And all of a sudden, a woman appears on one of the balconies, and she's screaming. And there's fire and there's smoke behind her. And she's screaming and she's screaming. And the firemen are yelling from the street, trying to persuade her to jump, jump. And they were trying to give her assurance it would be okay if she jumped. And she hesitated up there and the smoke kept coming out and the fire behind her and then all of a sudden she screamed and jumped into the air the firemen braced themselves each one of them and they caught her in the net she rolled off the net didn't even have scratch now here's the question what saved the woman was it the firemen below 
Was it the net that they had there? Well, was it the firemen below that net that were persuading her and assuring her it's okay jump? Or was it the woman that decided, well, if you think about it this way, just look and say, well, if there was no net, <laughs> she wouldn't have been saved, right? And if there were no firemen there to hold the net and to persuade her, also, who knows whether she would have jumped, but especially if she had not decided to jump, if she stayed up there on that balcony and got burned up because she decided not to jump, it was definitely her decision, wasn't it? Now, think of the net as God and his promise in the word of God to save. Of whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Think of us as the firemen. We're the firemen. And we're yelling up and persuading and assuring. It's okay to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But in a final analysis... Each person, like that woman, has to make the decision. Because without that, there's no salvation. And that's what characterizes this seed of God. This seed of God is characterized by those who made the decision to repent, come God's way back over to his side. Now that's the first truth, that there are two seeds, and there you go. So to sum it up, it's all about Everyone is born on the devil's side, sinful, rebellious against God. We're disobedient to God. We naturally do not do the works of our Father. To the contrary, we naturally do the works of the devil. Well, so he is our Father, so naturally we are the seed of the devil. But God made a way for us to cross over the line. It's a way of repentance, but it's a way of sacrifice, a way of the shedding of blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Cain knew that way. Cain knew what God's way was because he had Adam and Eve for his parents, and he was the firstborn. He was taught. And Adam and Eve told him about the coats of skin and the blood and the sacrifice that it took to make that. And you know what Cain did, and this is the interesting part about those that remain on the devil's side, is that Cain just said to God, no thank you. That's what Cain said in essence. You can keep your sacrifice. You can keep your shedding of blood. You can keep your slaughterhouse religion because I don't need it. I'm just fine. He says, in fact, I don't want to repent. I don't want to cross over the line. I'm just fine the way I am. Leave me alone. It's good for you. It's good for me. In fact, I'm just busting at the seams. And this is what we're going to see here about King. I'm busting at the seams to get out of this prison of religion and make a name for myself. I got a wife to marry. I got children to birth. I got inventions to create. I got cities to build and just let me go. I got a name to make for myself. That's Cain. That's the seed of the devil. We'll return to studying the Bible with Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on Friendship with God in just a moment. But we want to encourage you to sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse that will come to your phone or email. It's just one verse from the Bible and a short commentary on that verse that will encourage you every day in your friendship with God. Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher, is a Jewish born-again believer and Christian, and he's got two great resources that he's offering this month, How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas and How a Jew Came to Know and Put His Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Two great resources from Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program. We're making them available to you for a $10 or more donation of support that helps to keep this Bible teaching radio program going here on this station in this city. So call us now or after the program to get these two great resources, 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. 
or friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And so Cain was offended. Cain said, I brought some pretty nice fruit, pretty nice looking fruit as a sacrifice to God. And with all due respect, since God did not accept my sacrifice, I don't accept him as my God. In fact, I don't need any God to rule over my life. In essence, he was saying to God, I don't want you to tell me anymore that I'm not doing well or that there's sin lying at my door. The only thing lying at my door is the desire to get out of here. And the sooner I get out, the happier I'll be. Now, Cain is so far from the picture of someone casting down their self-efforts, like the aprons of fig leaves and and, uh, their own works, like Adam and Eve did in their self-made. And Cain is not standing there saying, I'm sorry, God, I stand corrected. I embrace the way that you made for me to come in repentance. I should have come the way of the sacrifice. I should have come the way of the shedding of blood. I know, my parents, that's what you wanted. And I saw that you accepted that when my brother Abel brought it. See? So because he chose to stay in his stubborn way, he forfeited his birthright. He was the firstborn. He forfeited his birthright, and he stays the seed of the devil. By pride. By a proud attitude. We've said it before. If you were to go down to hell today and you were to analyze every single person in hell, you'd find there's one reason why everybody is in hell that's in hell. P-R-I-D-E. It's just pride. And that's Cain. And by his proud attitude, he refuses to come to God on God's terms through the sacrifice, by the shedding of blood. And he forfeits his birthright. Now, that's not the first time we've seen people forfeit their birthrights, or we'll see, right? What are some other examples? Esau, in Genesis 25, 31-32, and Jacob coerced him a little bit, sell me your birthright, and Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die, and his words were, what profit shall this birthright do to me? See, what profit? There's no profit, and the Bible says that when he said that, Esau despised his birthright, eh? and he forfeited it, even though he was the firstborn, to Jacob. Another one who forfeited his birthright was Ishmael. Ishmael forfeited to Isaac. Why? Genesis 21, it speaks about Ishmael, 8 through 10, as the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which he had born to Abraham, and the picture that is painted there of him mocking, mocking, oh, the promised one of God, see? And he forfeited his birthright. Reuben was the firstborn in Jacob's house. And in Genesis 35:22, we read that Reuben lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and he forfeited his birthright to Judah. The oldest in David's house was a brother named Eliab, Eliab. And he was the oldest one. And when David came, he was angry with David for coming to see the fight with the Philistines. And he said to David, he said, Why comest thou down hither? And this is in 1 Samuel 17, 28. And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down, thou mightest see the battle. Forfeit. Now, the second truth that we have here in Genesis 3, 15, is that these two seeds are not only just two seeds, but they're an enmity with each other. And that enmity was a God-placed enmity. Remember what God said? I will put enmity between the two seeds. God wants there to be enmity between the two seeds. Now, why do you think God wants there to be 
enmity between the two seeds because he doesn't want any intermingling between the two. He wants there to be a holy separation. He wants his seed, the seed of God, he wants the seed of God to remain uncontaminated by the other seed or the world. That's why he said in Leviticus 17, Leviticus 8, 11, 44, he said, I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourself. See, and then in James 1, 27, he goes on to say that pure religion undefiled before God, among other things, he said, is to keep himself unspotted from the world. In Romans 12, 2, there's a commandment that says, and be not conformed to this world. And James 4, 4, a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And 1 John 2, 15, love not the world. Neither things that are in the world, it describes all that, and it says that the world is passing away. It's passing away. So the enmity was God-placed. And the enmity gets blossomed out for us in this chapter, in verse 8, when Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he kills him. He slew him. Now Abel, therefore, is the first, what? His first martyr, right? He's the first martyr. And we don't know, but probably Cain picked up a rock and bludgeoned him to death with this rock. And with each new cut or flow of blood that he caused, as that blood hit the ground, there must have been like a carpet of blood all around the murder scene. And the Hebrew verse reads in verse 10, the voice, singular, of thy brother's bloods, it's plural, crieth unto me from the ground. So each new pool of blood hit the ground, sent out his own cry, and together it was like a choir, a choir of many, many members all crying out to God. And that blood that hit the ground, that first blood that hit the ground, started a stream of blood that has continued all through history, even until now. And it's a stream of the blood of the martyrs. And it flows and it keeps flowing. And it was referred to in Matthew 23, verse 35, when the Lord Jesus Christ said, was speaking to those who were going to eventually murder him, he said that upon you may come, and here's the title that he gave it, all the righteous blood. He called it the righteous blood shed upon the earth. That was the title that he gave to the beginning of this stream that that starts here in Genesis 4. The righteous blood shed upon the earth that God hears. He says, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. That was a stream that has been added to by the prophets, by Isaiah and the other prophets, that's been added to by Stephen, that's been added to by Jim Elliott, that's been added to by the John and Betty Stam, the Chet Bitterman, and many, many others, most of whose name we don't know, but God does, and he hears the blood of each one. Now, also in this chapter, not only Abel the first martyr, but he's the first death. And he didn't exactly die of natural causes. You know, we could kind of picture ourselves standing over Abel and asking the question, I told you that my friend the rabbi back east is a chaplain hospice and cancer ward, and the most frequently asked question that he gets is, Rabbi, please tell me what's going to happen to me after I die. So we're standing over Abel, and that's a very logical question. We could say, what happened to Abel? He's dead line there. Where is Abel? What happened? Well, if you like to turn to it, in Hebrews 12, 24 through 25, 
it says here, it speaks about Abel, and it says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling. So now, it's the blood of sprinkling that speaketh, present tense, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So we have the blood of the sprinkling, we have Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not him who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Three are speaking here. We have the blood of the sprinkling is speaking. We have Abel is speaking. We have God is speaking. And it's in the present tense when it says, Speak it. Probably some of the most in depth Bible teaching on Cain and Abel that you'll find anywhere today by Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program, and giving us a lot more detail with the Hebrew and drawing out the real meanings behind some of the actions of Cain and Abel. Now, if you'd like to support this Bible teaching radio program with a one-time or monthly donation, we need your support to continue airing this tremendous Bible teaching program on your station in your city. So please call us right now at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. And for a donation of $10 or more, we'll send you these two great resources from Tom Cantor, our Jewish born-again Bible teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program. And they're How Would You Learn the True Meaning of Christmas and How Would You Came to Know and Put His Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Both of these great resources for any donation of $10 or more for your support of this great Bible teaching radio program by Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Again, 800 247 3051, or go online to friendshipwithgod.org to donate online. 